Hello, 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 and welcome to the Open Book Besties show. Uh, my name is Misty Walker, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, Webster. And today we are guestless. Guestless. Right. Without guests. <laughs> we are flying by the seat of our pants as usual. <laughs> and okay. I wanted to start out because um, this weekend is the Street Vibrations uh, motorcycle gathering. So my town is being overrun by upwards of 50,000 bikers. Like, I can hear them. Like, my walls are rumbling. And I live in the suburbs. (laughs) So the freeway, I mean, and and everywhere you go, it's just like chuck full of bikers. So while we were parked at the gas station, me and my kids, I told them that I think I should go to this festival Yeah, because I write biker books. So like I'm involved in that world. Uh-huh. Do you ever forget that, like, you're not really involved in any of the worlds that you write about? Yeah, I mean, I get that because you you get so immersed in it that, you know, like, I think I'm a doctor now because I've written, you know, some things about people's conditions and medical things, you know, yeah. like you get to where you like know these things, like, you feel like you can go talk to these people because, you know, yeah. I a bunch of bikers. I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Right. They- they would not want s- suburban mom, Christy and Misty to show up with their dumbass <laughs> questions. They might, but you know what I was thinking is that it's like a festival, right? So downtown, they like cordon off this section where everybody just like parks their bikes down the rows and then they all like congregate and there's like booths and food and stuff. Ooh. So wouldn't, don't you think that I should have a booth next year? You should and do to it sell all, my biker books. Yeah. Do it all Royal Bastards themed stuff. Yeah. That would be awesome. I could even have like merch and stuff. Yeah. And I bet you they'd buy it, especially you when think? they buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be brave enough, but man, I think it's a good idea. That's really cool. Maybe I can just convince my husband I need to fly out of town to go attend this. <laughs> <laughs> and I told my husband this and he said, you are a suburban mom with two kids. You just write bikers. Like they don't want you there. You're not, you're not someone's old lady. <laughs> I told him, I said, maybe, maybe I would find myself a biker and yeah, your muse. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fun though. I mean, they're crazy. They like cut you off and zigzag through traffic and, and well, that's not very nice. No, you would have to, (laughs) you would bring that suburban mom attitude to them and tell them (laughs) you better watch it, mister. Uh, So that's, what's going on with me this week and this weekend. Oh, cool. I'm trying to stop myself from becoming a biker babe. Well, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you can go do it. I, I mean, I'm, I support this. <laughs> uh, I support you coming here and yeah. 
we can do it together. I know. I've got to, I've got to figure out a way to, he's never going to listen to this, so it's okay. Um, I have to figure out a way to convince my husband to let me leave the nest where, you know, cause he won't think that leave I get the bubble, the Webster yeah. bubble. Yeah. Cause he's, you know, I might get kidnapped or, or taken. You don't like leaving the bubble either. I don't, but every now and again, I think it would be fun to do something even for like a weekend or something. Yeah. But I'll have to work on it. Maybe if it starts closer to home and then I can branch out further and further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we should do the retreat because that would be like a good, mm-hmm. if we did a writer's retreat, like what well, are we I- thinking? Arkansas? Yeah. And I was talking to my friend, Erin, and she is like a super planner. Like she mm-hmm. like plans things and she does all this stuff. And she just, I mean, she's like the adultier adult version of us and mm-hmm. but she's super cool and fun like us too. And, um, like she says that sometimes like her and her friend will go and get like an Airbnb, like a, you know, this million dollar home just to stay for the like two days or whatever. And <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's pretty affordable, but they will go and stay there and like, you know, live this luxurious life while they work or whatever. Yeah. Um, just for a vacation. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Anyway, that would be fun to do. And then that would be like a good test, you know, to see if you and, can you know, make it without you. Right. And for me, I feel like if you guys can just get me there, I will like have a, like, we will have just a blast because I can like figure out all these things we're going to do while we're there and organize like a little, like, we're going to do this on this day and this on this day and, you know, just be fun and like really awesome. It's just getting me there. Yeah. I mean, if we book it, you wouldn't really have a choice, right? Right. Yeah. And if it was in Arkansas, I mean, that's only like four hours away. So yeah do that <laughs> all right Jessica and I JD Hollyfield and I need to get it together work on it yeah so I thought maybe we could talk about some writing stuff today process and uh, I found some good questions okay. for us to dive into. I am so into it because it seems like recently there's been a lot of chit chat on TikTok and places like that where people are very like curious about the process and other authors have lots of questions for other authors like ourselves. And so um, I think it's cool. We can maybe answer some of the questions that have been on their mind. Perfect. So the number one thing that I've been seeing on talk on TikTok lately, um, there are a lot of authors posting negative reviews about other books or talking badly about other authors. And I thought maybe we could dive into that a little bit, maybe like the professionalism aspect of being a writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sometimes is hard for authors who are transitioning from reader to to writer or to, yeah. And like for myself, like I was blogging beforehand. So I was, you know, I had my opinions on books and whatever, and it was a little more, I could be a little more vocal because that's just the way it was. But then whenever I transferred over into being an author, it was kind of like, 
it didn't it didn't um sound well coming from me anymore you know what i'm saying so yeah. you know yes i still had opinions about certain books and things like that but if i didn't particularly like it or whatever i just kept it to myself at, at that point because um because it, even if that's just my opinion and we're all allowed opinions, it still almost comes out as you're, you're just, you know, being condescending or um, because of if you're both in an author position and you say bad things about a book, yes, you didn't like it or whatever, but it almost, it almost makes it seem like you're trying to be like, you know, well, you know, my stuff's way better or whatever, yeah. you know? just kind of haughty or whatever and um and it it just it doesn't sit well with other readers that see that um because I've had readers a lot tell me all the time um I really like how you support other authors I always see you supporting other authors so they see this they watch this and mm -hmm. they may not vocalize it if they see you being negative toward another author but they they will pull they pay back attention right and so if you really are trying to write and make a career out of this, which I think a lot of people, you know, even if you don't want to admit it to yourself, would love to make money writing books. So assuming that it's very possible you could, and you and I both know you can, don't, don't, um, you know, mess up your business in any way by putting all that negativity out there because it's going to, it's just going to come back at you and it's, it's not going to help. And you also are going to be burning bridges that you don't know. I mean, you may think that you're above whatever the other author and you're doing so much better or whatever, but that could change tomorrow. Right. And now you've burned that bridge. Right. And, and it's not to say that you have to just say nice things about all the books because that's not, that's not what we're saying. It's just, yeah. there's a way you know, and, and yes, people have given me books, especially if it's like a new author or something, um, and they want feedback. And if, if I have time to read it or whatever, if I don't, you know, if it doesn't sit well with me or whatever, you know, I, I pretty much like a lot of stuff, but then, you know, it's just point out what you did like, because it's somebody who's obviously trying to do the same thing you're doing. And I just don't feel like it's our place to publicly go out there and tell how terrible we thought their book was. I just don't think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I recently read that uh, Lindsay Beck's book. I'm going to use her as an example because after I just gushed to her about how much I loved it, mm -hmm. she was like, you're just saying that. Like, you're not, you know, you're just trying to be nice. And I, I told her, I was like, I don't go out and say I loved a book if I didn't really love it. I will either like try to fade into the background, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I would never, I would never. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, you just, yeah, you, neither you or myself, we don't go out there and just say we love everything because we don't, but you know, nobody knows us as people who are rude and write hateful things about books either. We just, if we don't like it, we just keep it to ourselves or, you know, maybe they weren't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know. It's just, it's, it's a frustrating thing to me when I see other people doing it. And like, we I think um, it's just tacky, really. 
Yeah. And like I, like I had seen something on Instagram the other day and it was another author who had read one of my books and they had left a not so good review. I mean, it was just like, it's just very like, it was like a two or three star, but it was kind of just like meh and just like, I don't, you know, and I was just like, yay, that made me feel wonderful. You know, like you tagged me and everything. Awesome. You know? And yeah. so it's like, and not that, I mean, it's just out of human nature to protect yourself. Like you're probably going to be less likely to want to, you know, help out that other author the next time because you feel almost like well they don't like me they don't like right. myself. they don't like me enough to go out there and really push this to their own platform about how much they don't like me or my book so it's almost like you even if that's not their intention and they're they're just oh you know I have my own opinion and I'm going to tell everybody even if that's their purpose still as the recipient you still feel that way and you're going to remember that name yeah, for the yeah. rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. and, and so it's not that it's like, I don't know. I, and, and with, it's almost like whenever it's just readers, you know, I, I can take their one-star reviews because, you know, they're doing the, what that's what they do. But, and it's not like I'm demanding, you know, five-star reviews from every single author. Like, I don't want that either. You know, I just right. feel like, it's just, you know, I don't know. Obviously, it gets me upset talking about it. <laughs> it would really hurt my feelings if another author. I feel like we should all just be supporting each other, even if we don't love each other's work, because that's going to happen. Reading is subjective. Everybody has different tastes and they want to read different things. So, no, it doesn't hurt my feelings if someone didn't like my book, but if they went out on social media, I just think that that is just a really tacky move. The moth trying to get me. I was going to say, you're like <laughs> flailing around like a fish over there. The moth coming. Um, and you look yeah. a little bit horrified too. <laughs> well, and it's for, from a person who um, has seen it like on a big scale, like with the wild and had a lot of people openly saying, what a terrible book. Oh, yeah. Is that it, it really is like um you do remember those things mm -hmm. you do remember who was kind to you or you know I had lots of other authors who don't read those kind of books or whatever but still were very supportive so mm -hmm. it doesn't you know I don't know it's just it's one of those things it's obviously a touchy subject with me like I just feel like it's just not a good business practice and yes this is a business like we right. are a brand whether we like it or not whether you know a lot of people say stuff all the time like well you know I can I can have my own opinions and I can do whatever I want because this is me this is my life and it's like okay that's great have that thought but know that that attitude is going to impact your business it will right. it's, it's going to turn readers off right. so you can't have that attitude plus also think okay it's never going to touch my business or hurt my business at all because it will. And so, you, you know, you can't, you just have to, it's just one of those things. Like, are you going to treat, treat this like a business and really be professional? I mean, like, uh, I just feel like when we're doing our business, we should just put our best face forward and be friendly and nice and, you know, and then save all the drama for the books and yeah. yeah. And your bestie. Yes. 
Yeah. That's that's when you drop into someone's DMs, complain all you want, say all the terrible things you want to, and then you're done. Right. And then a lot of times um, you might be like a little bit, um, you know, frustrated, annoyed, whatever, irritated about a book or whatever at that moment. But like, if you give yourself, you know, 24 hours by the next day, you're like, oh, I'm over it. You know? So it's like, don't, don't ever post anything when you're mad or, you know, don't ever like get swept into the current of the latest drama and, drama. Get, on the, yeah, and get on the bandwagon of also making the posts and also making their amount, you know, saying no, because it's just, it doesn't end well. It's not a good look. Right. But it also reminds me, um, the 24 hour rule, Mabel, my daughter, Mabel and I, we have that same rule when she wants to buy something. So I think it just like works all around every time. She's like, mom, I found this. I really want it. Say, okay, you need to sleep on it. Wait until tomorrow. If you still really want to spend your money on it, then go for it. So yeah, I think the 24 hour rule is good for a lot of different aspects of life. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to think through what you're going to say or do before you do it and yeah. make a decision, maybe talk to somebody or whatever. So, but yeah, that was a long tangent for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the next thing that I've been seeing on TikTok is new. There's a lot of new writers um, or aspiring authors, I should say. And the question going around is if you have, if you have only enough money for a cover designer or an editor, like you have to pick one if you want to get your book out, tell me what you think. I, which one I would spend my money on? Yeah. An editor. An editor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like I mean, you could almost just slap text on a black, a black rectangle and, you know, and be having this mysterious book with, you know, the title by so-and-so. And then you've got this amazing, awesome book, you know what I'm saying? And if, you, as long as you've got it all edited and it looks crisp and clean on the inside, then, I mean, that's what I'd spend my money on. That was my original thought too. And then I saw somebody say something that changed my mind. Really? Yes. Because she said, if you have a solid story and an amazing cover, you can draw readers in and they'll buy the book based on the cover. And as long as your story is solid they will skip over typos. I mean, obviously it couldn't be a train wreck on the inside. It would have to be, you know, throw it through some beta readers and stuff. Yeah. But, and I tend to agree with that now. I think that readers will, if they have the knowledge base to even be able to pick out all of the different mistakes, I think that they would ignore it if the story hooks them. Yeah. I wouldn't be like especially proud of my product. Right. Well, yeah. And then I guess that it makes me think of a couple of books that 
I kept seeing on Amazon. And I kept skipping over and kept skipping over and kept skipping over and kept skipping over because the covers were like silly looking to me or whatever. Yeah. And one, I'm not going to mention it, but there was one that I, I laughed. I thought it was a joke. I was, and then finally, I, I finally just bought it because it kept popping up and it actually did sound interesting on the blurb. And so I was like, but this cover is so bizarre. And I ended up reading it and it was like amazing. And I went down in a deep dive for this author and became a super fan. So, and then same thing. It? I, I don't want to say, I know but you don't want to say, but tell me you, later. You, you definitely have some find books and oh. um, you've probably, I'm, I might've ordered you some one time for your birthday or something. Oh, you know, so yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> but yeah. And then another author that I really absolutely love that I gush about all the time. Um, same thing. And also even like um, my, my uh, foxhole book. Yeah. Like, the foxhole, like the cover is very plain. Right. You wouldn't expect the kind of story that's in there. So I could absolutely see how you know, and it, it took me a minute to be like, wait a minute, what is, what are these books? You know, and it yeah. wasn't until other people's artwork for that story, like on Pinterest, that's actually what drew me in because I was like, wait, this is an MM story. Like, but nothing about the cover would have yeah. dragged me over to read it. So. So did I convert you to my way of thinking? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Uh, the next thing that I've been seeing a lot and I made a TikTok as well is about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that stops me from continuing stories. It stops me from, um, like staying true to the plot that I had in my head. Mm -hmm. It stops me from doing a lot of things because I'm always second guessing myself and I'm always thinking that I'm wrong or. Oh, and I think we kind of talked about something the other day and you were like, Uh yeah, I messaged you because I knew that you would kick my butt into gear because I have this plot in my head of how I want it to go, but it's, it's taboo. It's scary for me. And I knew that you would kick my butt into gear and you did. Right. Yeah. Well, and I just figured, you know, those kind of things do well. They, I mean, people respond to them. So even if it's some negative response, there's still going to be a lot of excellent response. So, yeah. Do you suffer from imposter syndrome a lot? Yeah. In different ways. Like for me personally, like, you know, I feel like, oh, I'm proud of my stories. I, you know, I feel like I, you know, I'm not afraid to write certain things or whatever, but where my imposter syndrome lies is, you know, like who, you know, who, who really, like I'll just even doing a TikTok, like, oh, here, let me help you authors, blah, blah, blah. And then I think to myself, well, they don't want to hear about me. Who am I to even think that they want to hear about me? Like, who am I? Like, get off your high horse, Chrissy. Oh my gosh. You know? And then it's just like, they, they'd rather hear like from EL James or, you know, like, don't, who are you? They don't care, you know? And so I think it's like that kind of, oh, the bugs get oh, 
you're listening on the podcast, I so wish you could have seen what just happened. <laughs> it's a moth. I should not be this afraid of a moth, but yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then then also not necessarily imposter but like um I I guess like I don't like I don't compare like I want to if that makes sense what I don't even know what that is but like I'll see other people and their business prowess and I'll think dang they really got it together they are so smart they know all the things I would I want to be like them and I don't know how and I just want to be exactly like them because they're so smart and so successful and I can't like wrap my brain around it and it's frustrating and but I feel like that just comes with time and you know the desire like I want to be that way so I'll keep reading up and researching and learning and observing and maybe one day I'll be that way yeah well and you had a hard time when you were releasing pause to prolific Mm -hmm. did I say that right because you were worried that nobody would find any you know, anything helpful in there, but what happened? Yeah. It, a lot of people bought it. And Tons they of it. people messaged yeah. you. I was so surprised by that. And I was like, oh my gosh, they, I mean, and it wasn't like a how to, it was more of just a stay motivated and you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I didn't know if that would be helpful, but apparently it was. It was to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So let me go down. I have good questions to ask authors is the article that I found. Cool. Um, if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Like, think about baby author Christy. One thing. One thing. I would say... Oh my God. That was a hard one. Yeah. I I don't know what I would even tell myself. Um, I think I would tell myself to keep my crap more organized. (laughs) Like all my books, (laughs) all my, all my ways of doing things, all my systems, because coming in after the fact and trying to reorganize all that stuff is so hard. Mm -hmm. And like, I see other authors, like that I know that have like spreadsheets right from the get-go and they know like where their book is, what platforms, what the ISBN number is, if it's in foreign translations, if, you know, if it's got a hardback, like it just, it's like all in one place and it's just very neat and organized or uh, like when they're going to do a a new release and they know that on this day, they're going to do a pre-order announcement on this day, they're going to do a teaser and on this day and like just all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, I'm trying to figure this out, like, you know, how seven years into the game. Yeah, 120 books later. It's too hard. Like, I wish it, at book one, I would have implemented a system or, or found someone with a system that I could replicate and then make my life 10 times easier later. Yeah. So that was mine. What about you? I, of course, what you said, because I've only been doing this for two years, but I did not do any of that to start out with. And also I told myself that I would keep a record of character names Mm -hmm. that I've used, that I want to use. Like I didn't do that. 
and you know, I'm not that far into it, but it's still too daunting for me to go through all of my books and write down all of my character names. So I'm, I'm absolutely positive. I repeat them. Not like main characters. I mean, I got that covered, but you might consider like, um, like hiring somebody to do it. Yeah. Create like a series Bible or a, a catalog Bible, you know, and like just a set fee or whatever, or, you know, I'll send you all these signed paperbacks or something. I bet somebody would want to do it. They'd be up for the challenge. Somebody That's true. ridiculous and before it gets to before I have 120 books. Right. Or even just <laughs> yeah, or even just like focus on like one of your series that's most popular right now and then move on or whatever. So yeah. I should. I should ask my reader group. Yeah, I bet you somebody might. Even if you even if you div- divided and conquered and it gave everybody a different book to go do yeah. and had the same form for everybody. You know, like work on that for this book and all the main characters, what's their hair, what do they look like, you know, da, 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 da. Oh my gosh. That would be so, wouldn't that just be so amazing to have? Mm-hmm. I would reference it all the time. Yeah. I'd put it in my little binder and flip through it. Mm-hmm. I bet you there's someone who does that. I wonder if there's a service. I, I all right. You- Who's listening right now? <laughs> Contact me. <laughs> right. <laughs> will pay and signed paperbacks and swag yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> how many unpublished or half written books do you have oh my god. <laughs> i knew your eyes were gonna bug out of your head <laughs> oh my god a lot like guesstimate 50 70 mm. easily really that many yeah and I'm fixing to actually go through and find all these old things your Oki uh, just came out <laughs> you're fixing to. <laughs> I'm fixing to I'm fixing to go and find all these old um unfinished stories and um things that I cut out of certain books and stuff and I'm going to start grabbing them for bonus content and stuff so oh that's smart because you did b-sides and rarities mm-hmm. and that was like yeah that was fun I should, half I should finished do. yeah it was a book full of unfinished stories yeah <laughs> and <laughs> I really thought I was gonna be mad about reading that one but I actually liked it uh, I said it I was a little book. bit mad yeah, it was kind of fun because it was like that was part of the charm of the book because you would be like reading and reading and then it just ends like mid sentence and you're like, yeah, oh. mid sentence. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I really should do something like that again, volume two. <laughs> <laughs> just to frustrate some more readers. <laughs> you can always give your give a, your own ending. True. Just write one in your head. I think I have maybe seven seven or eight books that have 30 to forty thousand words mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm. that i and then they're, they're not even ones that i necessarily won't finish right it's just that i i start something and then i'm like wait a minute i shouldn't be working on this i should be working on this yeah, i do have a few that i probably won't ever publish though 
but you never know. I mean, think about like some of the ones that I've done that with and then later picked up late, you know, and went back to, I mean, think about it like the free, I started writing the free right after forever finished the wild Mm -hmm. and I published it what, like last year. So that means it went like two or three years. I don't know. I'm not good at math. Um, Two or three years unwritten. And then finally, I just sat down and decided I was going to do it and then whipped it out. So, I mean, you never know, like your brain just may not be in the right headspace. Yeah. And then a lot of times, if you would just stop what you're doing and just go read, reread back through what you wrote, you're like, it would get you excited again. Yeah. Yeah. And that just made me think of a story that I had started writing um, after my War and Peace series. I had a Mm -hmm. series that I was going to do and it was going to be too taboo for Amazon. And I was like in all that hot water with the wild at that point. So I forgot about it, but that would be great to have some bonus content and let people read because it had some really good scenes that were just like super fire. Yeah, you should. (laughs) I'd read it. Uh, If you didn't write, what would you do for work? Would you still be banking? No, I would, I would have my own business doing something, something, anything. I I would figure it out because I feel like that I, I, I would do anything. I would do virtual assistant. I would do like anything like, because I feel like this is like the era, the time to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm better than any time in my whole lifetime because everybody can work from home. They can have technology, like all the things are at your fingertips and nobody's telling you, you can't do it. You just have to go out there and make your way for it and do it. Yeah. And I just feel like if I didn't have writing as a talent, I would do something as a service or, you know, whatever, but something that I, I got my own people, my own clients, you know, set up my own systems and be my own boss. I like it. Yeah. Um, the moth is back. <laughs> I'm going to buy you up at our property. We have this gun that shoots salt, Ooh. like at a high rate of speed uh-huh. to kill bugs. And yeah, it's just salt. I- so yeah, I think I think I'm gonna have to get you one of those. I'm gonna like break things. Does it break glass? No, I don't think it's that strong. For what I, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to have good aim. I don't know about that. You'd probably end up hitting your dog in the butt. Did you know I'm on the rifle team? I mean, I'm not on it. I used to be. You were on the rifle team. Did you like, you actually shot guns? Mm-hmm. I lived in Louisiana and I was in ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps. So did you have to wear those, like the, the uniforms? Mm-hmm. We had like dress uniforms and we had fatigues and I hated the dress uniform because I didn't want to wear a stupid skirt. And I like to wear the fatigues because you got to wear combat boots. And I- Please tell me there's a picture somewhere, please. I'm sure my mom has one. I'll show you if I ever go over to her house, I'll look for it, but it's special, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, and I used to do the, um, 
God, I can't think of what it's called now, but we had like a fake rifle that yeah. we routines with and throw yeah. air and all this stuff. And I was, I did that too. Did, and you caught the mm-hmm. gun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Believe it, believe it or not, back in my younger days. I'm having a hard time because you are not exactly the most graceful person in the world. Because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) That is why. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, Next time you tell me you're going to your mom's house. Next time you tell me you're going to your mom's house, I'm going to make you find that picture because I need to see it. Um, what was even the question that we were on? <laughs> we got distracted by that freaking moss. Uh, job. Okay. What are you going to be doing if you? Were- oh. I'd probably, I mean, I was doing virtual assisting for authors before I started writing and I'd probably still be doing that just because I don't like leaving my house. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was doing paraeducating at the elementary school and I just don't think I'd have the energy for it. Especially now that my kids aren't even in elementary school, I wouldn't really want to be there. Really, the only reason why I did it in the first place was just because I was too afraid that something would happen to my kids and I wouldn't be there. Helicopter parent. (laughs) I am the worst, but, you know, yeah, so that's probably what I would be doing. Uh. What has been your hardest scene to write? Um, anytime, and it's happened a few times, but anytime like a side character has to die, I have a hard time with it because I don't want them to die. And it makes me sad and I cry, but without their death, the story is not is so I need it I know I need it but I don't like it even if they're sort of a bad guy I don't like it yeah I don't like I don't I just don't like it what about you yeah uh conversion any scene that I had to be writing about what Gunner's dad was doing because he was a Mm neo-nazi that was like just really really painful for me because I had to almost be in his head to write those scenes and that yeah it it was draining it was really draining yeah well and there was um a couple of parts with like whispers and the roars there were certain characters characters that they they were only one-sided and it was either pure evil or pure um just dark depression that was just you know no light whatsoever like hopeless and so there was like aspects of that that was really hard because it was like ooh, get me out of that one and you know Mm -hmm. next thing because it was just it like you said it's emotionally draining and it's yeah stressful to write Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, that would be mine. Let's see. What's another one that we could talk about? Um, what's the most difficult thing about writing characters from the opposite sex? I already knew your answer before you, <laughs> before you started shaking your head. No, I already knew your answer because you love to write in a man's head. Like you love that POV. I do actually. It's, it's, I prefer it over the female POV. So let's just pretend I'm a man for a second. And the reason I don't like the female POV sometimes is I just feel like they're sissies. They're big old sissies. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to write them being a sissy or a wah wah, you know, like I want, I want to write somebody a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. I, I find, I agree with you. I think it's harder for me to write female characters because then I feel like at some point they almost turn into me and I don't want it to be me. Right. So it, it takes a lot of extra work for me to mm -hmm. keep them separate. Right. But with a man's POV, like, it's just so easy. Like, I already know I'm not me, you know? <laughs> well, unless the, the female POV, like, for me, I like to write, um, like, with Ash on the Cinderella trilogy. I liked writing her because she was oh, just, yeah. like, she was just really good at giving it back to Winston in, like, a funny way. So it was fun to, like, try to see if she could, you know, outdo him even I'm obviously yeah. I'm writing on both but you know, as a female perspective if she could go toe to toe with this billionaire and you know really make him think a lot of the times you know so that was fun because it was more challenging to me and it was like I liked that kind of role I guess yeah um does a big ego help or hurt writers I I think it if you have a do you yeah I do because I feel like nobody really knows what they're doing and nobody feels 100% confident in what they're doing so don't go around acting like you do because <laughs> I don't know I don't know I feel like I don't know you obviously feel differently what do you say <laughs> I think it can only help you I think if you present yourself like you are the shit and, you know, everybody should be reading your books, people pick up on that energy and they'll read your books. Yeah. Obviously you have to have the story to, but we were just talking about this before we started recording how, um, you came across, or maybe it was like a comment or something like that, where the writer was saying, oh, nobody wants to buy my books. Nobody's going to want to read my books. Nobody, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just down talking themselves. Yeah. I think you're going to get what you put out there, you know? Well, and I, so get I think, I think being confident is necessary to be an author because you are putting out like very vulnerable pieces of yourself to the world right. and judge. So you need to like stand behind your product but I guess when I think of ego, I just think of like someone who's like full of themselves. Like, I'm so amazing. Look at me go. <laughs> I almost think that will work for you. 
Well, and then now, now that I think about it, I say a lot of the times, what did I say? Um, you only got to reach one person and that one person is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a super fan of me. <laughs> you are, you are. And you are pretty, very confident in yourself you're much more confident than I am and I think people are drawn to that I don't think you're like an egotistical maniac I just think like you can walk the walk and you can talk the talk and you know so let's just call it self-confidence yeah but I, I even think it needs to be just a little bit more than that because there's a lot of people out there yeah that want you readers to read their books yeah so I think like having the magnetic magneticism what's that word is that the word um I write books so I know words (laughs) that you have that when you have a bigger ego yeah yeah I mean that's something I'm working on yeah I, I think that you just definitely have to you know I mean at the at the end of the day you have to think I'm I'm an author like I wrote a book or multiple books that's that's pretty badass man like that is cool I think there's like a statistics that's like I don't I don't remember how many what the percentage is but it's like 92 percent of all people that start a book don't finish it yeah like that's so you finished a book. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So I could see how you could, you know, feel pretty good about yourself. And, you know, I, I guess I'm just confusing or um, mixing up whenever you see someone that's just like, too, they just seem like they're too high too, and mighty. Yeah. Like they think so highly of themselves that they don't want to interact with the readers or um, they, I don't know you've seen those kinds and you're just kind of like you know it's a turnoff at least it's yeah well I think like we get turned off by that like in your face type of thing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh let's see do you google yourself Mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you no I um I've been Googling myself for marketing reasons because I want to see mm, for your people, SEO. Yeah. And I want to see what people are searching for. And that helps me like strategize what I want to talk about or. And that's how you found out that people were Googling Kay Webster's husband. Yeah, I know. He's like <laughs> so disturbed by this, but he shouldn't. He, like we haven't gone to book signings in a while, but anybody who's been to a book signing where my husband has been there will know that he just likes to give people crap. He um, will, you know, force you to come to our table, even if you don't know who I am. And then he will try to coax you into buying everything and taking out a loan at the nearest bank so you can afford it all because (laughs) it's so many and you might as well buy some for your grandma too, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then he wonders why people, and you know, I talk a lot about him and he he wonders why people want to know about him yeah uh I know Ty has googled me because he's doing all of my website stuff mm-hmm. but no I don't I don't I don't think about it I guess mm-hmm. I probably will now mm-hmm. you have to let me know <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, do you hide any secrets in your book that only few people will find or understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I mean, you, you know of everything that I've snuck in there. Um, my sister has found some stuff that, you know, she knows about. Um, my mom has found things that, you know, and it's just meaningful to me, you know, or um, maybe I'm mad about something. So I throw it down there or, I mean, even as silly as the whole um, trash can and beside your bed thing, we, I slipped <laughs> up into the dudes in reckless fury because we had had such a talk about it. You know? And nobody, I mean, I guess we talked a little bit about it on social media, but had we not, the only person that would have got it would have been you. And yeah. so, you know, just hide those little kernels. Oh, and, and think about Misty, the horse trainer. Yep. And, um, Misty, the cat, Misty, the cat. And I think there's another Misty that I, I thought about the other day. I can't, I can't remember. I'll have to, I'll have to remember, but I came across another and I was like, there's another Misty in my book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tuck you into mine too. Mm-hmm. I got a ticket. Again, yeah. You got a ticket one time. I do that all the time too. And actually I got myself into trouble doing that. Uh oh. Um, in one of my biker books, uh, I put something in there. It was like, I don't know, a code or something. Mm-hmm. And it just so ha- it, I knew it was, but it was just like whatever numbers came to my head at the time. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law read the book and she was like, why would you put that in there? Now we have to change, you know, this and this. And anyway, it turned into a huge thing with my mother-in-law because I wrote down my house code on accident in a book. Like I just thought of four numbers. And so then we all had to go and change our house codes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I didn't realize it. Like while I was writing, it was like, okay, I need four numbers. What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. And then, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought yeah. about that. Yeah. So my mother-in-law got mad at me for that, but I do that all the time with different things. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes people find it. And then you're like, oops, my bad. Yeah. I put a lot of things about myself that people probably don't even know or would never even know or even probably want to know. But like if a character has a favorite color, it'll just be like my favorite color or (laughs) my kid's favorite color. Right. Well, and that's kind of why um, on my TikTok recently, I asked people to respond with, um, what is like one of their weird quirks or their odd habits or strange things. Oh yeah. And there was a lot of really interesting things. And anybody who's looking for some odd things, go read up on that whole thread because I was like, y'all are so strange, just like (laughs) weird little quirks. But it's like, you know, when you start writing the same characters, you only think about your own quirks and all the things that you know. But then when you have um, some other people telling you theirs, it's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. It kind of like opens up a whole new world for you of weirdness that you can, you know, inject into your stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do need to go and read through that. I saw another author ask for people that they want to kill. Mm. 
you know, so that they could put their, that person's name inside their book. And I thought that is freaking genius. I'm going to do that next time because I, you know, I struggle with names. Like when I try and think of a name, only three names come to mind. And like the entire world of names does not exist to me. Like (laughs) those are the only three I can come up with. So I thought that would be fun to do. Yeah. That's funny. Um, what are you reading right now? I, oh, I'm reading, I'm still reading The Ark of Head Above Water by C.E. Ricci, and she probably thinks that I'm the worst friend in the planet because I haven't read it faster, but I have had, I haven't had much eyeball reading time, and it's an arc that's on my Kindle, so literally every time I wash my hair, I, or dry my hair, I, read a chapter so I'm like Mm -hmm. chapter every you know every other day because I don't wash my hair every day anyway it's (laughs) up in the in there and but then as soon as I get done my husband wants me to watch shows or movies or whatever he don't want right and that's really our only time together so I try to honor that time um and so I've been listening to a lot more audiobooks and because I can do that while I'm getting ready and all you know cooking or whatever and um I've said this a million times, but it just makes my heart so happy that you love audiobooks. I know, I, know, I am, and I'm loving, I'm, I'm, I'm doing so much better. I, I had a hard time getting, I, I feel like anybody who says I can't do audiobooks, that was me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like- Yeah, you were really you know, against it. But I wanted to be an audiobook reader. I really did. And so I kept trying it and kept trying it. And then finally, it's like, I found a book that I really liked and I ended up listening to it, what, like three times? The yeah. series. That, that I loved and then I found some other books and now it's like I'm starting to get in the groove and I've I've learned with myself that if I will just get past the first few chapters even if the voice is annoying me or they do a weird thing then it's like I get used to it and then I'm fine mm-hmm. with it and I'm into the story and so anyway the one I'm reading right now is called Ignite Series by Nora Phoenix narrated by Kenneth Obi and I'm on book two in this trilogy and it's really good it's mmm and it's end of the world remember i had showed you like that i wanted to read that and yeah um these guys these three guys they're like and it's kind of like dystopian in the sense that the u.s is divided into three sections and basically yeah um central u.s is um they have made it a felony to be gay so if you are, they put you in these reformatory type camps to retrain you and fix you or whatever. And so these guys, and they're abusive and just terrible stuff happens to them. Well, anyway, these guys are stuck in this camp and they're friends and boom, a meteor shower hits. <laughs> and, and the camp counselors, counselors, really they're wardens, but the counselors are like, oh, wow, look at the meteors. And then the campers are like, let's bail. And they like kill all the counselors. <laughs> <laughs> and then they um, get some, anyway, they meet up with this other dude that they find and he's real sweet and everything. And he was, a, he was a survivalist. Like his, he came from a family that like, they were doomsday preppers and so yeah. he like knows like all this stuff so they're like 
you can join our little trilogy, you know, trio, but we're not letting anybody else in our group because, you know, keep it small, keep it all. If you get too many people, then everybody fights and everything. And you seem trustworthy. So they allow this boy into their group or, or man, I guess. And so there's the three of them. And so they escape, but now they're trying to survive. And then one of the meteors they realize is not a meteor at all. It's an alien. Boom. So now the, the EMP strike, it just eliminated all the electricity so now they're having to survive nobody knows what's going on but they know it's aliens because they saw one and they're trying to get food and there's just like all this attack meanwhile they're also like having this attraction towards each other all three of them (laughs) um, it's just so i just love them they're just so cute even i don't know i just love it how many books are in that series three three Mm -hmm. yeah so it's you know, I love survival stories and I yeah. love post-apocalyptic type stories and mm-hmm. dystopian stuff. I mean, literally, I love MM. Like they've literally crammed, I love aliens. They've crammed everything I love into a book series. And so, you know, like <laughs> I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah. And the, you know, you would hate the third person aspect, but. Yeah, I have a hard time with third person. But like it, you said before, that when you hear it, it's different, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I am on the second book in the Hades. I don't even know if it's called the Hades series. I just keep calling it that. The Tate James, it's like the spinoff of her Madison Kate series. And it's... Uh, it's all a slow, each series is just like a slow lead up to the three of them being together. And I'm on the second book and we are almost there. We are so close. I can taste it. And I am just so, I'm so excited. I'm so here so for it. You're, you're reading a, um, a basically a, a menage story too. Yeah. Well, it's oh, yeah. um, reverse harem. Oh, okay. So there's three of them. And one of the characters, Cass, is like, he's from the Madison Kate series. And he was just like my favorite. And he is still my favorite. And you know what's interesting about this is that um, the main character, Hades, she's like the, the leader of this crime syndicate, right? And she is just a badass to the core, and each of her relationships with these three men are just so incredibly different. Like with Cass, she is, he, he dominates her and he is like, so, you know, I like that aspect. And then, um, there's, she's attracted to this younger guy too. He's like 18 and she's, you know, in her twenties or whatever. And she is like the dominant one with him. And then there's the other guy where they're like more on a level kind of playing field. Like when they're working, he's her second in command. So when they're working, he's like super respectful. They make, she makes all of the um, people that work for her call her sir. What? (laughs) Yes. And I thought it would annoy me. It does not. I freaking love it. I'm like, yes, Hades. (laughs) You do that. Just at work or in the bedroom too? Well, just at work. Okay. Um, Well, she hasn't been with her second yet. So that could happen. Anyway, it's so good. 
yeah, this is the one I'm listening to. And I'm just so addicted to it. It's hard for me to stop. Mm -hmm. I was listening to it while I was rearranging my office today. And my kid walked in and she was like, I'll help you. And I'm like, please, can you not? So I can listen to this book. But no, I let her. Um, and then I'm reading and I saw this on TikTok, which is how I came across it, but it's a duet by Dylan Page, which I don't know who she is. Do you? Dylan Page? I, I don't know. I'd have to see the, I'd have to see the, the profile. Like I, you can't throw me. Yeah. I can't like my brain goes blank. So yeah. I'll see it on the computer and then I'll be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Well, I need to start following her on social media, but if I don't already, because this duet, it's called Torment Part One, Torment Part Two. It is so good. It is so good. Like I, the boss is back. <laughs> I have been, uh oh. <laughs> Badass ROTC <laughs> member is terrified of a moth. <laughs> It's MC, but it's not um, like deep into the MC aspect. Not yet. Anyway, I'm still on part one. I see you eyeing that moth. Your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we should name it. It deserves to be part of the show at this point. <laughs> Dead mofo in a minute. <laughs> we'll see we'll see might get the best of you get you in the middle of the night land on your forehead no because as soon as this is over I'm gonna make my son come up here and get it (laughs) kids have to be good for something but it's like her and I don't even know what the love interest is yet like I don't know anything because And I'm like 50% or maybe like 30% into the book, Mm -hmm. but she's, she has this relationship with her stepbrother. It's not anything like weird or anything. Like it's not a love interest at this point, but he's like really overprotective and controlling of her. And then the rival MC, Mm -hmm. she has this like secret relationship with him And they like exchange notes under a rock, under her window. Anyway, it's, it's really, really sweet. And I can't tell whether that guy is a good guy or if he's like luring her to get to her stepbrother. And yeah, so I read that every night until I fall asleep, but it is so good. Those kind of, I love that kind of like is that a trope? I don't know. I, I like that t- that element of stories where there's a guy that's you really like, but you have a feeling that he's going to be a bad guy, but you kind of don't care. You'll still like him anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, you've never probably read this series, but did you ever read Vampire Academy by Rachel Mead, Rochelle Mead? No. Okay. Well, it came around the Twilight era and it was a different series. But anyway, the the main character, Rose, she's like a badass, but she likes this guy. I think his name is Dante. I don't know. But you know what? I just never really liked him that much. I liked this other guy that she was seeing. His name was Adrian. And I thought he was fine. And 
amazing and he was a bad boy and he like smoked all the time and he was arrogant he's rich and he just he was just like he just got me in all the right spots <laughs> and the other guy was just like too noble you know and i was like go on with your noble self <laughs> you know and um and, I, and and it was like one of those things that spoiler alert don't listen if you haven't read it but adrian didn't get the girl oh and i was so devastated but then adrian got his own series and i was like oh and then yeah better girl for him so and 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 i got more i got to see him exclusively through that whole series right he was love interest whereas the other one he was just the side piece <laughs> yeah and i did like him as a side piece yeah that's that that all that being said is i like those kind of storylines where you've got like an edgy like um character or whatever that you know yeah so yeah i'm really i I'm in a really good book place right now. Like, I feel like I don't want either to end because then I have to find something new and I don't want to do that. I just want to keep going with this. So, um, well, that is all the time we have for today. Uh, it's gotten dark and I didn't turn on a light. So now it's like a pitch black room behind me and just like my face glowing. Yeah, it's turned into a, a horror podcast. Yeah, right. What's in that shadow? Pretty soon you're gonna see someone walk through my door with a knife. Uh-huh. And I've got yeah. mo- I got killer moths attacking me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a good place to end things today. Yeah, I think we did. Um next week we oh. will also not have a plan. Right. That may or may not include a guest. who we will also not have a plan for and And uh need to remind everybody that if you like listening to our podcast then make sure you are subscribing and also if you want to head over to our youtube you can subscribe and follow and all that good junk because that means youtube will say oh guess what there's a new video and you guys can watch it and i heard a lot of people who told me that they actually like watching this the video of us better oh really yeah so we have a few people that like to do that so i feel like i should put a little more effort into my i feel like this appearance now i feel like today we we got it a little bit more together as far as yeah we did our situation and i feel like we're as we learn more about lighting and all this kind of stuff eventually we're gonna have like a cool little system going on but you know yeah it takes a little bit Maybe remember to turn on your light before yeah. you start recording. That kind of thing. That Someday I'll fault. be professional. Someday. Yeah, it wasn't your fault because we were supposed to do it tomorrow. And we, <laughs> so that kind of snuck up on us. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we will be back in two weeks time. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for joining us. Remember it. And also, if you want to read my books and take notes for me let me know. <laughs> oh, oh, and before we get off, I was told this is a suggestion that we should do. We never really talk about how they can find our books, but you and I both are oh, yeah. on Amazon. We're on, and I, I have some stuff on like Barnes and Noble and Kobo yeah. and all those and, um, and our websites, we sell signed paperbacks. Um, so really, you have do you have something on your website that's like a list of all your books or like a graphic that has all your books or 
um, a page uh, that has all your books. We talked about that last time about adding that to my website and I never did. Right. Okay. So, well, if they go, they can put but all my books are there, right. They can just go peruse through your books and, um, and I have some, the same thing you can go like on my book list and I even have like a little printable thing and they can yeah. check them out and, um, yeah. So hopefully our websites should be a good hub for them to find out anything about us or our books or our podcasts or our yeah. blogs or our social mm-hmm. media, like anything that they could possibly want to know about us should come from our website. So, and I just put up a trailer for Bexley Spiker you did? on the front page of my website. So go check it out. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will see you in two weeks or I guess we'll just, you'll see us. Yeah. We won't see you. We'll see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.